0: This time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Pinchas. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Pinchas contains six words. Positive mitzvahs, including the mitzvah and the laws of inheritance, many of the Korbanos Musaf, and the mitzvah of blowing shofar on Rosh Hashanah. I'd like to focus, however, on the very beginning of the Parsha which gives the parsha its name, and in reality, to appreciate what's going on at the very beginning of the parsha, we need to be reminded as to what occurred at the very end of last week's parsha's Balak, when Bilam was unsuccessful in cursing the Jewish people; he was successful, unfortunately, in advising. the king of Moab, how he can unfortunately um, overcome the Jewish people by whispering in his ear the secret that the God of Israel despises immorality and therefore urged Moab to entice the Jewish men into conducting themselves in an immoral way with the daughters of Moab, and so it happened, and it reached the point that a prince, the head of the tribe of Shimon, was actually involved in an act of immorality with the daughter of a king of um, Midian, and Pinchas, seeing this, comes and takes action in his hand. As we're told at the end of Parshas Bullock, he takes a spear, kills the two of them who are participating in this public disgrace of immorality, and the plague which had consumed 24,000 people, stopped. This week's parsha begins by God lording Pinchas for his act of zealotry and praising him by saying God is giving to him brisi Shalom his covenant of peace and he and his children after him will be kohanim. Risk Olam Now lest you ask the obvious question, what do you mean God is granting him Kuhuna? Who was his father? None other than Elazar HaKohen. Who's his grandfather? Aaron HaKohen So why wasn't Pinchas naturally a Kohen, if his father and grandfather were? So interestingly, he was born according to Rashi, too soon. Namely, that when God gave Moshe the command to anoint Aaron and his sons, basically from that time on, Aaron, his sons and their future children would be koanim. Pinchas just missed it by having been born prior to that. And so he would not have been a Kohen were it not for his act of bravery and his act of devotion and dedication to God. Not only does he become a Kohen, but the line of Kahuna Gedola, the high priest come from Pinchas. Now I'd like to point out and share with you a fascinating Gemara in P'sachim 101b, whereby the Gemara asks what appears to be a rather strange question, and that is, tell me, when does Pinchas become a Kohen? So, at first glance, the answer is just like Rabbi Hanina teaches, Lo Pinchas at Shehor it's not until the end of last week, this week's Parsha, that as a result of his killing Zimri, that is when God endows Pinchas with priesthood, with Kahuna. Fine. Citing from the verse that we mentioned earlier at the beginning of Parsha's Pinchas, V'haiso lo u'zaro acharav, olam, And it shall be for him, and his offspring after him, a covenant of eternal priesthood. Yet, listen carefully, Rav Ashi Omar. Rav Ashi says, excuse me, I have a different opinion. Do you want to know? When it is that Pinchas became a Kohen, it was at a later time. When when was this? It was 14 years later. Namely, as we find in the book of Yahushua, in the book of Joshua, chapter 22. There we are told the following. As we will read next week in Pashas Matos. Two and a half tribes, Ruven God and half of Manasseh, take their inheritance on the other side of the Jordan and on condition that they go and accompany and lead the Jewish people in fighting against the nations in Canaan, and they do, and then they go back, and what happens? They subsequently build an altar, a mizbeach. The nine and a half tribes living in the land of Canaan say to themselves, Oh my goodness, how could it be that our brothers are building an altar, and they will probably offer, ay ay ay, offerings to idolatry. The nine and a half tribes were ready to go and start literally a civil war and to attack the two and a half tribes. Before they go to war, they said, let us send a delegation, fact-finding, in Halavai, a peace delegation, and therefore one from each tribe 10 men go. And who heads this delegation? Pinchas. And what are we told? That the fact-finding mission is, oh no, their intent was not to offer sacrifices and certainly not to idolatry. It was to show their loyalty to the Jewish people. And what does it say over there? There in chapter 22 of The book of Yoshua, Vaishma Pinchas HaKohen. Ah, then the Navi refers to Pinchas as a Kohen, and Tosos explains. As the Gemara goes on to explain over here as well, what about our Pasuk in this week's parsha? So the Gemara says, that is for a bracha. What does that mean? It means that God is ready to give him, and God approves of his action, and God is giving him priesthood, but he was not yet, points out Tosfos, and if Tosfos wouldn't say this, in Zvachim 101b, I certainly couldn't say it, but Tosfos says, that according to Ravashi Pinchas was not yet in the root He was not yet pleasing to the congregation, to the people. They didn't want somebody as their leader who in their mind was a Jew with a spear. They didn't want someone as their poster child what is the ideal Jew that we should have our children in their bedrooms. Whose picture should it be? Should it be the picture of somebody who is the fighter? That's what the leader of the Jewish people is. That's who our hero is. It was only when Pinchas showed that he's not only someone that if need be, knows how to fight, but that he has the strong capacity to be a peacemaker, it's only when he had this Mizug, when he had this proper balance between the two, then he became beloved to the people, then he became the Kohen, and then he became the father of future Kohanim Gedolin. Such a powerful lesson. We know there are many, many medicines And on the bottle, it says, shake well before use. And the reason for this is so that you should have all the components together. It's not enough to have some of the components. You need all. You need this blend between, on the one hand, when to be aggressive, when to take that strong stand, and when to be that peacemaker. But I have to tell you, even in regard to being the zealot, even with regard to taking the law into your own hand. This is only done when when Pinchas has his Rebbe, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Peibiz Amaralif, tells us Bayar Pinchas as we saw at the end of last week's parsha, Pinchas saw. What does it mean he saw? So the Gemara tells us it means he understood He comprehended. That's what it means. He had sized up the entire situation. And he goes to Moshe and he says, Moshe, did you not teach me when you came down from the mountain that Haboel Esakusis Kanoyim pogimbo that have won lives with a kusis, a non-Jewish woman zelats may kill him so Moshe said to him, wow you are right and not only that, basically Pinchas was saying Moshe, go do it, and therefore go act upon it and what does Moshe say to him? no, kariyon di'igarta the one who reads the letter ihu lehevi parvanka. Let that one be the agent to carry out its instructions. Pinchas only does it when his Rebbe tells him to do it. God forbid a million times a Jew cannot take the law into his own hands. As well meaning as they might be, God forbid you can't hurt, you can't kill somebody else, you can't take these kind of actions. This is not a Jewish response. This is not the way the Jew conducts himself. And this is what emerges from this parasha. And this is something that we have to have. You need, number one, this balance. You need, number two, a Rebbe. And because with out a Rebbe, no good. And let's understand one more thing, which is so important. The Medrash tells us, and I read from the Tanhumah, that when Pinchas did what he did, so what did the people say about him? take a look at this individual who's a descendant of whom? Of Yisro. They were referring to Parshas Vo'era. And there in chapter 7, in Parshas Vo'era, Pasuk 25, chapter 6, excuse me, chapter 6, Pasuk 25, what does it say there? That Elazar, our own son marries Mibnos Putiel. And that's Yisro, explained the rabbis. And Putiel from the term to fatten the calves for idolatry. Come on, look at... And, and whom does he... Uh, father, Elazar, who marries one of Yisro's daughters, father's Pinchas. Ah, why does Pinchas... Come on kill Zimri and Kuzbi, because after all look at the stock that he comes from the people of Shimo were saying he comes from a Yisro and therefore how precious can life be to the non-Jew comes along God in our Torah and says oh no, you got it all wrong it's Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron haKo'ed I'm telling you it's coming from the same man who's the disciple of the grandson of Aaron the disciple of Aaron he's the ohev shalom he's the rodev shalom he's the lover of peace and ohev Brios, he loves people La Torah, and he wants to bring them to the Torah this is who Pinchas is from, and once again, what the Torah is doing by identifying that grandfather as opposed to the other one, which where they were using it as an accusation against him, is just this very delicate point. Each person is going to say regarding themselves, "I've got it, I've got that person blend, I've got that person combination of." Tolerance and action of zealotry and peacemaking. The answer is Adam Korov Liatsmo. Each person, unfortunately, is biased about themselves. And each person thinks that I can do it myself. And I know, and I, and I. And for that reason, once again, you need from the first chapter of Pirkei Avos, Asela Chorav. You need a teacher. You need one who can size up the situation better. And on your own, God forbid, you can't do this. Shabbat Shalom to all.